Welcome back, Brandon. Oh, it's been a while. man. And what a day it has been. Uh, yeah. It was expensive. Uh, expensive. Yeah. In a word. I mean, no other way to describe uh, that. So today uh, we decided the bright idea is to go out and... Okay, when you say that makes it sound like it was some dumb move on our part. In reality, it was not. <laughs> no, no, it was not. But it, it was, was a beautiful day for it. It was a great day. I mean, it was a little chilly, but, you know, again, 15 below, not terrible when you're prepared where, where for it. When we got to it, when we got actually to our spot, it was like six. Eh, depending on whose truck you believe. Well, you know, old Chevy piece of crap or the nice shiny Ford that, you know. Truth, <laughs> or the Weather Underground app, that right? Had yeah, the, the cabin right. right next to us had their. Uh, so we went out to Anderson, and the access did not look the best. Anderson yeah. Lake and Anderson Lake out there Madison in the valley. valley. And then we said, you know what, just doesn't look right. Didn't feel right, so we decided to go over to Finger, and so we drove out on Finger. Yep. Got out on the lake. Just yeah. drove out there. It was great. There was looked like an ice derby going on, some kind of ice fishing derby going on over there. I, I want to say it was uh, the, a lot of little shanties. It was a pike over. meet and greet. Yeah. Like a ice, pike ice fishing group. Yeah, and then there was so. quite a few other folks out on the water, you know, a dozen or so of us. Yeah. So we found a spot between a couple other guys, about 100 yards between those guys. We like, we'll split the difference, go 50 yards on either side. Looks sure. good. Why not? We loaded, uh, loaded, unloaded all the garbage, threw up the tent. Even decided to put down the ice anchors this time. First time doing that. Well, we got out there and it was breezy. It was breezy. It was, like, it was I, the appropriate I went, thing. I mean, I went to go set it up. Uh, we had your dad with us this mm-hmm. time. Yep. Um, I went to go pop that tent up and it immediately started kiting. Up, kiting. It was like... Phew. Right. Now, granted, there was some of this of... Your dad was trying to help and the tent got pulled up wrong and it was just I'm like, all yeah, right, well, hold up. Let's put the ice anchors down. Yeah, right. And it was the right thing to do. It really was. It was breezy oh, yeah. enough. I mean... According to the official app, it looked like the Palmer Airport went to 27-mile-an-hour gusts, which is protected a little bit by the mountain yeah. as it comes off that glacier, which it was blowing from. I would assume we were probably in the 30- to 40-mile-an-hour gusts. Gusts, yeah. Place. Solid yeah. 10 to 15s. For sure. And so it was cold. Yeah. But we got in there. The uh, big buddies worked well with the single 5-gallon propane tank with mm-hmm. the little splitter. That was, I think, a coup for us. Yeah, that really worked well. Uh, that worked very well. Now, I did notice a couple guys as we were... Uh, rolling back and forth on the lake, you know, in and out. Mm-hmm. They had their propane bottles outside. It gets you a little bit of space. Yep. I, I think that's part of it. Oh, for sure. But the only thing I can say is that propane quits flowing normally somewhere, at least I've always been told, mm-hmm. around 20 below. Yeah. So by keeping it in the truck and then throwing it into the tent, we keeping it warm. good flowing flow. propane. Exactly, and I don't want to yep. mess around with that. So I'd rather lose a little bit of space personally. Yeah. Um. And maybe they put enough alcohol in it up here that, that it doesn't become an issue because they put alcohol in the propane. Uh, keep yeah, it flowing. Yeah. But my out back, my stuff doesn't flow right now, and As, it's not that cold. I was going to say, <laughs> you know, we've we've been using, like, the big uh, patio heaters and stuff at church and a few things, and it just doesn't work well when it gets this cold. Right. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. I'm okay with keeping it in with us. And it's sure. not like it took up a ton of space because we got rid of the cooler. That worked tremendously. I was a big fan of that. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you what I was not a big fan of was the rude interruption we had. <laughs> okay, so I'm sitting there in the, the side of my tent, or the side facing the wind, where the wind was so, blowing towards us. So the tent is probably 6 by 10, I think is what it is. I think it's a 6 by yeah. 10 tent. Yeah. And you were sitting against one of the 6-foot sides, and it kept on popping in at you. Yeah, it kept, the wind would push it in, because it's one of those you know self-expanding, just mm-hmm. pops out real quick, pull a little Eskimo, handle. I mean, it's, what it, it's an yeah. Eskimo brand Eskimo tent. Eskimo brand tent. Works great, most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, Dude, we uh, 
<laughs> I'm sitting there. It kept popping in and hitting me. And finally, I just got pestered enough. I'm like, screw this. I'm going to go out and, and, and do were, something. And you were waiting. I was waiting for the gust to, to die, die down. down. Because, you know, the gusts get a little chilly out there. Yeah. Well, I don't mind being out in the gust. It was opening the door uh, with right. the gusts and blowing everything inside the tent. I'm like, ah, just wait for this gust to blow well, down. And it's just going to take about 30 seconds to a minute. Yeah. And away you go, right? Well, all of a sudden, there's kind of this whooshing boom sound. <laughs> and the next thing I know is I'm getting pushed towards Dave. Like you were practically in my lap. You You, you were practically in my lap. Yeah, and you're like falling sideways. Well, because the the the, that whole side crushed in at me, and of course it comes out of the corner of your eye, and so you naturally want to kind of. I was crouching to my right, so I was kind of trying to crouch to my right because it's like you don't realize what's going on. So it's that whole natural reaction. Yeah. So as you're coming at me, blacks coming at me, and ice rods are flying (laughs) and weights are flying, and I hit the ground. I just all I can see is light because you know it's not super light in there because it's a dark tent. Yeah, and but it's all I can I, all I can see as I'm falling forward is this increasing amount of light coming from the ground from the <laughs> ice. I'm like, I knew exactly what was going on. I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> well, oh, so we get the hold. We yeah, I finally you I think you grabbed at it a little bit. I was able to kind of get to my knees yeah. enough where I could grab at it and keep yeah. this thing from and blowing down the, the and, lake. And Dad was grabbing too. The whole yeah. we were all grabbing for yeah. the edge of the tent. So we kind of got the thing down. Yep. Then we lifted up an my, edge. My first thought was the ice because we had it's ice screws right especially you know just like you would for ice climbing or anything else it's a little just, different but yeah it was similar idea that real specific thread designed for going into ice and we anchored those suckers down my first thought was the icing the ice gave out right so i'm like crap the ice gave out and we're gonna have to readjust this thing and and somehow not this and oh. yeah oh so pull up the the corner of the tent as we kind of get this thing as we're holding this thing down enough <laughs> as the wind is continuously to try and take this tent away and it's like it's, it's still howling pretty oh, good oh man it's whipping the the funny part was is i was like i, I kind of thought the same thing i thought man the, the ice anchors must have popped and then you said dave i think we're done fishing and my first thought was is no we're not like <laughs> just redo the ice anchors we'll be fine yeah and then I looked down and I saw that tab. We have one sitting in front of us. It's the yeah, we it's, threw, it's, a, we'll th- it's uh we threw it up on the Instagram page. Yeah, did you? Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. So, uh, it's the uh, you know the, the the eyelet like you would on like any tarp, but it's that yep. single piece. And I just saw a couple of them just sitting there on the ground flapping, and I went, "Yeah, oh, it ripped <laughs> these things clean off of the tent." Three out of six. Yeah, straight. And up. it would have ripped the other three if we had let go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that tent would have been probably a mile down the other side of the lake. We would have caught it in the trees. Yes. After we drove the mile across the lake to, <laughs> to get pick it. it up, oh man! So, yeah, it and, was it was uh, exciting, man. I'm telling man. you. After I'm holding the tent down, and <laughs> you pop out, and I'm like, "Dude, go get your coat on. At least you know, go get my coat because I'm just in a hoodie at this right, point." Yeah, we were both in hoodies. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I, like, I give I, me my coat. When your coat was trying to blow down the, remember it was out in front of my truck. Oh uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your blue coat was so in front I of the truck. So I wanted you to go grab my, my coat. coat. So yeah, I so was <laughs> sitting there freezing. And your jacket wasn't in the trees a mile away. Right. <laughs> That's a nice jacket too. A Walmart special. Still a nice jacket. It was a nice, nice jacket, jacket for a Walmart special. Well, and it looked warm. <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah. It's lightweight. It's anyway. So get my gear on. Have you go get your stuff on. And the the best, the funniest part is your dad pops out and he's in his like thermal. Shirt. Sweatshirt. It's a sweatshirt. It sweatshirt. Is. And they're actually no fairly warm. No gloves, no hat. And I'd say that wind chill is probably at least 20. minus 10. Uh, I'd probably venture to guess maybe 20 below. Yeah. It, it was cold. It, it was cold. Chill. So it was first fire up truck. <laughs> no, no, we got this. So dad and I start cleaning the thing up. And, you know, of course, it's everybody's in a mad rush. And, and things just went flying. Yeah. And 
back of the trucks. Yeah. And then we were like, okay, let's get out of the, let's just get off the ice. Like, yep. let's, let's regroup off the ice and figure out what we need to do. So we got off the ice and just kind of like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, but then drove home after about 45 minutes of fishing with nothing to uh, show for it. <laughs> yeah. Other than, bro- other than a broken tent. Oh man. <laughs> Which just sucks. Just cause you're like going, dude, I mean, a nice tent it ain't cheap. I mean, I was just looking online to replace it. It's like 300 bucks. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's about what we paid for that sucker and and I okay the tent breaking whatever it's the fact that I can't go out next weekend if I want to you know well, I can't go out next weekend anyways but well, uh, yeah, you know, but for some other reasons but yeah but, but it is no longer an option no even if we were able to like yeah so lessons learned uh, so first my first lesson learned is we want power augers for those ice those ice picks okay um, I think it's particularly if we're going to have the pickups around, like if mm-hmm. we're going to be pulling it across the lake, I have no problem doing it by hand. I even think that if we're pulling across the lake, it's a DeWalt driver is not heavy. Right. True. Um, uh, but it's one of those things of, they just, if they get dull at all, cause I noticed the difference between the first one, and the second one, I was thinking the first one just it, it did not want to go in, did and not want to go. It also has a huge difference on the, the quality of ice you're in. Sure. If you're of course. In hard, hard ice, clear ice. It's gonna be a little harder to get that thing going versus if you're in um, soft ice. Yeah. yeah, the softer ice. And you know, the second one went in, and I could tell it was definitely a sharper, mm-hmm. you know, uh, bit on it. It just went in. I wouldn't say yeah. it sunk like butter, but relatively mm-hmm. speaking, it was yeah. like butter. I I I think that we can create ourselves a little tool. Yeah, I th- yeah. I have some old um, like Taiwan sockets that mm-hmm. I picked up for cheap, or maybe that was given to me back in the day when I used to work in parts stores. You know, they yeah. would. Literally take, you know, so somebody would steal one socket out of a out of a socket set, and back in the day they would say, "Well, we're just going to throw the whole thing out because it was cheaper to just throw it out than it was trying to ship it all over the place." Yeah. And so I've got a lot of old sockets and whatnot, just that are literally cheap, free, mm-hmm. and I'm I could do one of those and split it with the grinder. And the other thing I that came to my head is uh, just get a piece of pipe, mm-hmm. put it on the socket, and weld it. Could do that. So it's a little longer. Yeah. And then you can cut those. Yeah, could do that. That would work. I did that with a, so on a Mercruiser outdrives for the Alpha One outdrive. There is yeah. a cable that comes through, and you need a special nine sixteenths. It's a special. Yeah. You need a deep. It's like a deep plus a like a, a deep plus a shallow nine sixteenths is what you need. Mm-hmm. And to get that to work, it's not hard. Like it doesn't take a lot of torque. It's just you need that super long, mm. yeah. because that stinger sticks out too far of the wire. And I made one. Again, same kind of thing, and welded it together. It's out there in my tool bin, specialty. Yeah, you know. oh, I'm not going to ruin that because I still have the Mercruiser outdrive. Oh, so, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. going to keep that just for that one job that I'll probably do twice. I, no, I take it back. I do it every two years because it's for the gimbal bearing. Mm. That bearing yeah. that sits in the back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not that I need to replace it this year, but, you know, but a few creating, years. creating a specialty tool for what we need. Um, Wouldn't be hard. I mean, I, I think we should do it. I think it's worth it. And then, like you said, Drill driver, yeah. I mean, depending on the conditions, depending on how much stuff, other stuff we have going on, it's super easy to bring with you. Yeah, I, I think that should be just kind of standard in with your stuff. And if we got a if, if we got a nice driver, you know, like if we got the one that could drive the, you know, get rid of the gas uh, auger and just have Ooh. it run the auger, so it does both. Yeah, that might be an option as well. Yeah, just kind of spitballing. Those things are. You know, I saw an adapter on Amazon for like ten, twelve bucks. That doesn't sound right. Well, it's not one of those can ones. It was just like an adapter to go right from the. Oh. Uh, and I think I might be able again might be able to build something. Wait, you? 
That doesn't. No. Jeez, I don't know what you're talking about. Dave is building stuff. Yeah, well, you know, it keeps me out of trouble. Yeah, or in yeah. trouble. Or, yeah. <laughs> in trouble as the case may be. Yeah. So, I don't know. But lessons learned. The other lesson I would say is if it's that windy again, I think we need to park the, the fender of the truck, like, practically touching the wall. You know, I still don't think that would have worked. It would have helped, but I yeah. think we would have been in the same boat. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's. Yeah. it would have been perfect, but I think it would have helped. And I think it would have helped your popping thing. Yeah, maybe. Because you put my Suburban out there, right? That thing's 13, what, 14 feet long. Yeah. And you put that back end where, you know, keep that hood pointed over the top end. I'll guarantee you it would block a lot of wind for us. Because mm. we did that one year. So, as a matter of fact, I did, I've done that before where it was blown on a tent, trying to blow a tent over. Okay. Come to think about it. Yeah. With Dad, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, we got done with right next to it. Yeah, we got done with high school. My dad's like... You want to go uh, hunting, and so we ended up going to Steens Mountain in Eastern Oregon, and I drew this elk tag. Mm-hmm. I think I've talked about it, how they're at the bottom of Keeger Gorge. Yeah, you give away all the big hunting secrets out there. Everybody knows where they're at. Wow. It is a thousand foot drop down in, and bring your frying pan. But <laughs> needless to say, we're on the side of Steens Mountain, and it got to blowing so bad. We had to park the um, F two fifty that we had, and the trooper that we had kind of backed them up to kind of create like a V windbreak, and that sure. was enough to just kind of. Just to take the edge enough off to where the tent wouldn't fall on us. Mm-hmm. I remember doing that now, hmm. but we parked it a lot closer. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I, it'll uh, definitely help. All you could tell all the guys out there on the lake were kind of doing that a little more than we were. Yeah, right. Although the, the guys next to us in the jeeps weren't. No, they weren't at all in the so, jeep, and they didn't seem to have anything special. Like I saw the same ice anchors we were using. Yeah, I think what it comes down to is our tent's older. Yep. Uh, our tent is a little more vertical. It's it's true. Yeah, it has. A, yeah, it does have. Most a, of the newer tents kind of have an angle to the sides a little bit to kind of help pop that wind off. And I think the other thing is too is I think the the age. And I'd be curious to see if they if they've changed because if they've had this same problem where these things are ripped because this to me is a design failure. Yeah. I mean, the tent. It's not like normally like when you buy a backpack it has like that that square with the X cut. You know, like with the X yeah, in it where they would fold it and, and, and sew it all together. And it looks like it's not going to come apart. This yeah. does. This was just like a line of stitching like you'd find in your I don't even know if it's blue jean quality yeah so, it's kind of frustrating and they could have improved that since then and you know so having said that the new ones might be different I'd be kind of curious to go stop by Bass Pro yeah, or just take a look at them just take a look at them because sure. you know to do another tent I would that's something I'm gonna look at just because it has failed on me I wouldn't think about it normally yeah uh, but you know who wants to be out there with your tent for or top out your ears. Especially, you know, when you're got all your stuff in there and you're Well, and you know, we were organized today. Like we didn't have like excess stuff in the tent today. Can you imagine if we had the kids out there? Oh yeah. That'd have been well traumatic. It would have been traumatic. The other thing was is we would have quickly hustled them into the suburban or your truck. Well, and, absolutely, but, but still, like but, I, I think about those things with the kids that make kids want to go back out and do it, that's not one of them. <laughs> that's not high on their <laughs> list, yeah. I don't know. They might have looked at it as an adventure, but... Uh, maybe. Yeah, it would have taken a while. Yeah. <laughs> but So, but, I, I don't know. I've been really thinking today about what happens when your gear fails. Yeah. Like, what do we do? What else could we have done? Not saying... I think there's the difference between preparing for and looking at those little things and realizing, okay, this is something we can change and do differently and do better. Sure. But there's also the unforeseen stuff of your gear will fail. Yeah, if you use your gear enough, yeah, it will wear out. We're not the Israelites in the uh, wandering the desert in Exodus. I'm sorry, forty years our stuff just isn't going to last that long. Wish it would. 
but he doesn't. So, but what? When I think of about today, how could we have? Okay, tent goes, things flap. What could we have had ourselves had with us that could have kept us going? As far as keep us fishing today. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about that, and we could have if we were if we were on top of our game and really took a moment and thought. Yeah. And we had a couple of like lag bolts or something that I could have run into the ground. And we had all the lag bolts we needed. We had tons of ice anchors. Well, okay, but you, but again, you know, back yeah. to knowing exactly what you have. But yeah. let's just say we have enough ice anchors. Yeah. We could have thrown a ratchet strap over the top of that thing. Yeah, the top would have popped in, right? But we could have just ratchet strapped it down like you would like a load on a truck. Well, possibly. I mean, because yeah, you know, what I mean, like you could run like two or three. Yeah. And ratchet strapped it down, because the problem is, is we, remember we have nothing to to. Pin it down. down. Pin it down with. Yeah. The other option was is we could have. I mean, if you really were serious about fishing, you didn't have that. Yeah. Could have run a tire over it. Run a tire over what? The flap. The 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 little. Oh, the, I see. the snow flap. The, like first of all, you need a spare tire. I'm gonna yank the spare tire <laughs> off, and then it hit me what you're talking about there. So, uh, <sighs> man. Some people's children. Some people's kids. Yeah. My first thought is I had no P cord. Yeah. No. No, if we didn't. We had P cord. We could have taken where those tabs ripped. They all come. Every tab was sewn into where the stays that go up over. Right. We the could tent. have five fifty'd it. We could have five fifty'd around there and then tied those onto that. Yeah. And that would have done the exact same as this tab. Yeah, we could. We, we could have made it work. Like if we were out at say Figure Eight Lake, which is yeah a heck of a. I mean, it's a fifty minute, you know, side by side trip. Last I heard. Yeah. Depending upon weather, of course. Yep. Because if I go out, I ride out for an hour. I don't want to just. Stop my trip. You know, like, what could we have done? Back yeah, up and head in. Yeah, exactly. So I, I like what you said there a second ago. If we had stopped and thought. Yeah, we, we did. We went into complete panic mode of, well, crap, now we got stuff everywhere. And I, I think you have to realize that as you're in those situations, you oh, have man. to stop and think, okay, what's the next step? Where am I at? What's the next step for what we're doing right now? And just slow down and breathe a minute. We yeah. went into like, all right, get everything together and well, know, we could have throwing stuff out of the tent and stuff going everywhere. Right, and, and that's just... trying to, yeah. What we could have done, what we should have done is we should have moved one of our trucks, backed it up, and literally taken that tab that you were hanging on to and just, I mean, again, 550 cord. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I had ratchet straps in the back of my trucks. So we could have used a ratchet strap. We could have done ratchet straps on it yeah. too. And then yeah. just go right to the bumper of the truck. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just to kind of hold it there and then go in and clean it up yeah. because, yeah, don't get me wrong, the, the rods were everywhere. Well, and, I, was, I was holding it. Enough, but but you get my point. But like we could yeah. have, if we would have ratchet strapped it down mm-hmm. and just said, okay, look, we have a ratchet strap, so we know it's not going away. Yeah. And so now we don't have to worry about that piece of it. Now yeah. we could have gone. Is this really a game changer? Changer? Is this a? Yep. Uh, uh, it's a hindrance. A, yes. I don't like it. But we could have continued this fish. Going. Yeah. So I yeah. <laughs> <sighs> it's one of those hindsights of. Oh, hindsight's twenty twenty. I'm yeah. glad we had the pickups there because it was cold well if we had had that happen halfway across anderson so anderson lake the only public access is down a 20 foot wide easement that you have to walk walk a ways and then once you get on the lake which is you know it's it's enough you have to walk across the lake to get to where the good fishing is and it's not a small lake i mean you're talking about almost half mile <sighs> far enough that i didn't want to do it today yeah and it was blowing. If it wasn't with blowing, wind, yeah. if it wasn't blowing, I'd have been more up for it. But with that wind, that, you know. It was uh, nasty and cold. And yeah. So much easier to just 
step out of your truck and hey, our fishing spot. <laughs> That's nice. But it was 18 inches of ice, plus or minus. Yeah. Three quarters of that auger. Sure. And we had a sharp. One of the other things we did right today is we did sharp. We took a we took it off the hand auger. Dude, having sharp, sharp blades blade is. I tell you, it. I mean, the motor still runs like those little motors do. They're not the world's most powerful motor, but just it just shaved it right on down. Like it just kept on. It was like an old diesel motor. So they have. For like sixty bucks, they have the drill bit attachment. It has the the two handles. Your drill oh. bit sits on it, and mm. your blade connects to underneath it. Your, your interesting. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So it, it almost make it makes it just like the handle setup that we have for doing right. This. But now it's battery powered. And now it's on battery the, powered on a drill. Right. So. And when you think about it, how much does that weigh versus say uh, Eskimo two stroke? Yeah. I mean, you know, if we're talking about trying to move things deep in the woods or across the half mile across the lake, yep. those things start adding up. And Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a, a Cabela's purchase. Mm. So One of my favorite stores. Oh, man. God, how many, how many paychecks have I spent there? Yeah. Let's not talk about that number. No, Anyways. No, <laughs> <laughs> So, anyway, that's, a, that's another option for us to kind of look into in the future is do we just do that and... Then you're also dealing with what happens if your battery dies. You know there is something to be said for pulling that cord and having a gas motor. Cranking. There is. Um, so if I was to be going to places like Figure Eight Lake, where it's an hour drive mm-hmm. on a quad, I would not take a battery powered one because those batteries will get cold and they won't work. And, and when you're thinking of that, then it's in, gas. In that regard, why not set up your you set yourself up for drill bit. You know the drill driver to anchor your tents mm-hmm. and your ice your gas auger. Why don't you just incorporate that in so you're not? Well, this time we're doing this. This time you're doing right. that. And yeah. Well, agreed. It's just one of those food for thought things. You know, there's mm-hmm. not necessarily a right or a wrong answer. I don't think. I think anything in, in in this situation, it's more of a, you know, what's working best for you. And sometimes you have more gear than you really need. I mean, mm-hmm. we tend to do that. We do, and we were definitely whittle. It was a lot better today. Oh yeah, we've I whittled felt it so down so much better with how we pulled everything out. I think we can definitely change a little bit more about just our setup and what we're actually taking out with us well, in the truck. Yeah. So. I mean, like, if, if if we were to go out tomorrow, right, and we knew we were going to go back out to Finger Lake, right, mm-hmm. and I knew that's what we were going to do, we're going to drive out there. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even take the sled. I'd leave the sled here. Yeah. There's no reason to take the sled. No. So just put your ice auger on the back, in the back of the truck, put your... Um, your uh what you call it the tent in there mm-hmm. and just have it's just really easy because that sled takes up a lot of room i'd end up uh what i would do is i'd have uh two buckets yeah maybe yeah two buckets one for your your tip-ups right one for your rods well and, so, and tackle well so interestingly enough so in my so i have a five i had a five gallon bucket that i brought out there yeah and in there i had the, those two orange tip-ups from yep. Flaybill, the ones that are yep. orange, they have the little uh, foam in them and all that. Yep. They're designed to fit, fit in a five-gallon bucket. They're sitting yeah. at the bottom of that. Yeah, exactly. And then I had gloves. I had everything I needed there except for my rod. So literally all I would do is grab that bucket and that rod because the bait would sit on top, right? That's all we would need. So, I mean, really, in reality, all we would need is one five-gallon bucket and rods. The, the problem I was having was we pulled those rods out. Those lines go everywhere. Stuff is all over the place. I Tangled think, mess. I think a rod, a rod like a suitcase or a rod, not a rod holder. It's really not right because mm-hmm. you guys think of like something case. off a boat, like a rod case. Yeah, that's what we need to start considering. Something that we can okay, grab your bucket, grab your rod case, take it into your tent. 
and the other advantage too is that if you do throw it on the back of the sled and it dumps it, it doesn't dump it everywhere. That's what tends to happen. You know, oh, it's just a little teeny rod. It's not going to take up a lot of space. But then those lines get tangled, tangled in, in everything. everything. And, and man, I had a giant bird's nest in mind when I went to go put my line down because it was just tangled on right. everything. It's yeah. just it's frustrating. It's a pain in the arse. It really is. And and nothing's worse than huh. and I like so one of the things that I really like to do is I like to be able to have my gear ready to go. So like for example, if I go fishing, say I'm going to go salmon fishing, mm-hmm. ice fishing, doesn't matter. I won't be able to walk out. Maybe, you know, come out. I have my swivel on the end, sure. and then I put my leader on, and I'm fishing. Like, I should be fishing in under five minutes. Yeah. You get a rat's nest, and now it's 10. Yeah. By the time you restring it, and just, you got to deal with the mess and deal with the. I could have totally sworn that was a duck. <laughs> the kids are in the background playing, <laughs> and it did sound a little duckish. <laughs> I think they're laughing at the TV yeah. program. All right. But. You know, I just, I, I think in terms of being prepared, I think a something of a rod holder case kind of an approach, I think, is the way to go. Well, I know they make the, them. Yeah, and that was the idea with the cooler is we could put the rods in, just clip them into the side of the cooler. It just was not executed well, and too much stuff was in it. And So a problem and, that your dad ran into, I think, I think the biggest problem he ran into, the more I've been thinking about this, mm-hmm. it's it's like the big truck problem, Okay. If you have a Toyota pickup, mm-hmm. I only got so much space. I can only fish so much garbage in there, right? Yep. You have to be hyper-organized, right? Versus if I have an F-150 with a long box. You have a ton of crap in the back. Yeah. 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 I mean, just yeah. because you have more space, right? And I, th- I think that's what happened is the absolutely. length was right for the for the rods, but now you end up with a little box, and you end up with a and a and a and a. Well, and in a. his mind, it was, okay, we're going to throw what right. we need in there. It's going to go. But then what we need turns into way more. What we need is, oh, we don't need a tackle box. We need a teeny little carry yeah. case. I mean, those little $1.50 ones at Walmart are yeah. perfect. And I have one full of weight. One is for more trout setup. And then I have one kind of more set up for more mm-hmm. like pike. Yep. So I did like dropping that bait fish down, that herring down. I'm wondering if you had too much line wrapped around it, the way you had it set up. Yeah, I probably put a little, it's that stretchy line that you yeah, use. Yeah, you wrap the crap out of that thing. Yeah, I might have. So. But it gives food for thought, two food for thought things coming up in sure. the spring. Number one, those little hooligans or herrings, yeah. whatever you want to call them, I yep. don't care, are bloody expensive. Mm-hmm. $8 for a pack. Yeah. We can run through a pack pretty fast. And from the Alaska Bait Co., which more than likely, well, you can't dip net for them, but they're pulling them from basically the same resource that you dip net for them. Right. But we can dip net for them. And that might be like a weekend shot and go try it. Now, my question is, if we dip net for them, could we also use them for bear bait? Uh, Again, it's the same thing with any fish for bear baiting. You are not allowed to use the whole fish. You are allowed to use spines, uh, I believe, the the gut sack, or the heads. You're not allowed to use the flesh. flesh. So what I just heard is we'll chop off some heads and use them for bear bait. Just the heads? Just the heads. Of those teeny little things? Yeah, sure. They'll stink. Bringing the bear. I mean, I'm look. I'm thinking yeah. this, 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 the scent pocket. You know, this, the scent out there. I, that's that's the second thing I have about those things. And just a thought. I mean, these are not necessarily good or bad. Just thoughts. <laughs> uh, I think that may have qualified into the uh, stretching. Too, mu- too much work for not a lot of return. Well, truth. Yeah. But I'm just saying. But if we went out and we had a whole bunch, might be an option. Or or right. Well, I'm not you saying vacuum pack them. 
Right, and that's what probably what we'll do. And use them for bait. Because let's so, face it, a fish with a head is a lot better than a fish without a head for bait. True. And that's probably what we'll actually end up doing with them, let's be honest about them. But yeah. the other thing I was thinking is take a cannonball weight, okay? okay? Run that on a leader down, say, three feet. Okay. And then come off with, like, those T-swivels. Sure. And run it off like you would a halibut bait. Okay? So it's, so it's floating back three, four feet, right? Okay. Foot, maybe just a foot. Yeah. And run that for kings. Rather than flo- No, rather than floating row on ship. Okay. Just run that weight all the way to the bottom, and yeah. then that fish comes up. It's sitting three, four feet up off the bottom, and it's coming out of the T. Yeah. I thought we tried that. No, we never We I think we tried it, but we, did, but we didn't quite. We did something. I'm trying to remember what we did. I think we just ran it off of a... I don't think we did quite that. Because that's what you'd use for... Let's say like a halibut rig. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but food for thought. I mean, you know, yeah. I think dip netting for them would be a lot of fun. And it'd be an easy way to get the kids involved. And um, Maybe. Depends on where we go. I have run some pretty nasty calls involving kids on that road. Yeah. Because of dip netting. True. So. You'd have to be careful. I'm not saying you don't. Like any other stuff. But. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't let the kids in the water. That's for dang sure. Well, and depending on where you're at there, it's either highway, rocks, water. Right, true. So. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. But definitely do some hooligan netting this year. Um, it's free. It's free. It's fun. All it costs us is gas. Just get out there. Yeah. So, so you had a thought? You look like you were about to say something. Before I jump into that, yeah, I'll go right ahead and jump right into that. <laughs> so, I, yeah. <laughs> uh, have you heard about the links in South Anchorage? Yeah, I was reading a little report on that. I'm curiously intrigued. So, the the story is um, there's a, a lady in South Anchorage down by one of the local schools. Her kid was out doing the cross country ski tr- thing with his ski team. She was walking down with her daughter and their dog to just go bit down get the kid and see something kind of grayish out of the corner of her eye and as she turns a lynx which is oh, what are they if you're not familiar with a lynx then it's like a, it's a medium sized cat it's a big bobcat big bobcat yeah, yeah they probably weighs in at 30 pounds yeah I mean they're not they're not going to take down a human but they're tall and lanky yeah but they could take down a human they could but they usually don't, generally yeah. don't. But They generally stay well away from people. Right. They're a very solitary animal. When you see a lynx, normally it's like, holy crap, I saw a lynx. Well, that's right. Yeah. Usually it's in a trap. Yeah. It's dead. <laughs> now, I have seen one crossing the road there by Beach Lake. Okay. Coming down the, the loop road. and Sure. See a weird-looking dog. That's a funky-looking uh, dog. dog. And as I got closer, it takes off across the road. I'm like, that's a freaking lynx. lynx. Right, yeah. Anyway, so she's walking down to get her kid and sees this flash of gray as she turns here comes this link, and I believe she described it as it, <laughs> what did she say? It jumped out at her, did a little cat-like movement, swiped at the dog a few times, and then ran off. Proof. We need more trapping. Well, the you downside don't is, see this very often. No, you don't. i got to wonder if it's not a diseased animal or if there's something else that's going because on there. Because the next day there is a gentleman who he was out shoveling his driveway in the same area, uh, and a lynx came running out of the woods, hissing and fussing at his dog and he swung his shovel at it and it ran off into the woods. Speaking of swinging shovels, have you seen the guy that, that threw the shovel at the polar bears online? Yes, I saw that. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, you don't, need a, you don't need a weapon. You just need yeah. a shovel. Anyways. I, I kind of... 
I I definitely agree with you with this possibly an issue with the animal. Which makes me wonder what fish and game are thinking. Because uh, if you have, I think that what it was their statement. I'm trying to find it. Um, yeah, usually <laughs> their their statement as far as wildlife concerns go links are way down on the radar. But they are wild animals, and we do always ask people to show concern and good judgment when they are around wild animals. A.K.A. Yes, we're aware this could be a possibility of a problem, but usually this is not something we normally worry about because they're worried about the bears, they're worried about the moose, they're worried about yeah, the lynx. Are very solitary; they don't like people. Right, and so there's usually not an issue. Yeah, I mean, even here in Eagle River, there's been sightings of wolves in and around here. Oh yeah, they were right down by my dad's place. Yeah. Which is not that far from where we're sitting right now. <laughs> no, no, a good ten miles, and that's about it. Maybe. Yeah. So they so, did do a, a wolf uh, uh, relocation. I remember this when I was younger. Um, they had a problem wolf down in the. I want to say there was a pack down in the Kenai area, hmm. and they figured out. They found the leader, the the problem. They problem child. Them, right. They captured him. And they flew him way up above the Alaska range. Okay. And released him with a radio collar. And over a week, they tracked him going all the way from above the Alaska range back down to Kenai. Wow, it's amazing. Yeah. Now, so interestingly enough, they have the same kind of thing. that They introduced wolves in eastern Oregon while I was down there. Okay. And so they they were eradicated from the local ecology, and so they decided to reintroduce them. Mm-hmm. It's the quote-unquote right thing to do. I don't know. I'm not going to get involved in that part of the debate. Yeah. But what they said is that people were saying they were seeing them down by Crater Lake, so they released them in the northeast corner. So if you think of the map of Oregon, if you picture Oregon, it's yeah. like way up at the very northeast corner. It's a area that is – it's hilly to say the least. It's a lot of uh, coolies and whatnot that are just nasty and gnarly. And this thing was several hundred – I mean four or five hundred air miles away from where it was – put in at you know what I mean mm. and so they're yeah. like there's no way and then they ended up doing no actually they were right they probably saw the wolf yeah because they had some radio collared ones that went that far far, yeah. far south those things like California border south they want to walk about and they go for a while they will move it's but this one was like this was very purposeful on this wolf's the one right they, it, it, it's, it's interesting how that homing beacon back to home yeah weird yeah it's kind of like ducks how do they know where to fly right where's their I mean other than south I mean I get that but they don't, some of them, well, you think about the ones coming from Alaska, it's not just straight south. It's south and, like, east. Yeah. Yeah. By a long way. And then you have to, like, and you get to, like, Washington, and then you want to, like, curve due south, really, to go to, like, California area, southern Oregon. I mean. Yeah. It's interesting. Animals, yeah. animals. there's more to it than we know what's going on. Mm-hmm. We don't understand it all. But back to the lynx thing, I do think this is probably a sick disease-type animal. I just, it, the more I think, the more I have to think it has to be some kind of a diseased animal, something that's mentally kind of wrong. You, know, you think about people like with dementia, Alzheimer's, they well, just kind of a little confused. The one that scares me is, oh, well, scares me, but the one that my mind goes to is rabies. Yeah. What does a pop. rabid animal do? It, yeah. But Raisinly. They, yeah. They lose all kind of compulsion and, and they fear. they just go after. So if you're thinking about that in an in an animal that you never see around people, that they will shy away from people at all costs, has now blazingly jumped out at somebody twice. Yeah. Well, the nice thing is one of these times somebody's going to shoot it. <laughs> it's Alaska. If this is Alaska. <laughs> I'm just uh, saying. But, well, so when you you mentioned this a whole... Kids, man, the background is going to be great. Right. <laughs> 
hopefully, hopefully they're quiet enough, and we'll kind of. Uh, so you talk about this whole links are not super dangerous with people. In theory, because they're in not theory. around people, right? Yeah. Uh, the links have been documented taking down caribou. That's a big animal. They I mean, for them, for their size. Yeah. the They've been documented climbing up in a tree as caribou, whatever, run underneath. Okay. And jump down on top of them and essentially ride them, chewing at their neck until the thing collapses and is done. Hell of a way to go. Right. <laughs> so. But it would make sense that that would be... It's an, you know a good way to kill an animal if mm-hmm. you're a if you're essentially an ambush predator. Yeah, that makes sense. And same thing the cougars would do. I mean, yep. like when you see a cougar or a mountain lion, depending upon your definition, in yeah. the lower forty-eight, normally it's not floating around on a logging road. Although they can be floating around something like that, but usually it's a rocky areas, and you tend to see them more above you where yep. you're naturally walking. They're going to be like laying in wait. I mean, like you look at a cat, house cat, same kind of thing. Yeah, they like to be up high where they can land on prey. Absolutely. Usually smaller than them, although. Yep. Note keyword usually. Usually, but a lynx will take down something bigger if they have the opportunity. Like mm. they'll jump at it and. Sometimes worth a try. You know, which, if they've found an animal and this is documented that a lynx has killed an animal that way, I wonder how many have not been documented, or how many times they've tried. So how many times has a lynx tried this? Yeah. How many times has it happened? Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, why? W- I mean, if you're an ambush predator again. Right. Yeah. And so. you're naturally going to want to stay up high because I'll keep you out of the bears. Climb up in a tree. Climb up in a tree. You're fairly safe. Yep. Wait for this thing to run underneath you and jump down on its back and go to town. Especially in the wintertime. Yeah. So but. speaking of predatory animals. The moose? The moose. Well, the, it's not well, really the, a story about the moose. Well, but the predatory <laughs> animals, yeah. Um, I don't the think predator. the moose are. Moose are not very predatory, but that's kind of a weird <laughs> statement. But, yeah, the guy up in Fairbanks? The guy in Fairbanks. And there's your predator right you're there. Right, <laughs> dude in Fairbanks. I mean. I get what his thought was, is that he wanted to kill more wolves, which is okay, fine, whatever. But you can't snare moose. So lay the story out, Dave. Okay, so the the story goes something like this, that there was a gentleman of uh, 24, 22 years old who who has been accused by the Alaska State Troopers of snaring moose. The idea was that he was setting snares specifically to snare moose. So the snares were not like for, you know, uh, well, like with the, what's a little, not ptarmigans, but, uh, you know. Spruce in? Spru- no, you don't use them for that. You use Marlin them for like or martin. martins or something yeah. like that. It's like it was not set up for that. Yeah. You can snare for, you know, martins. You can snare for a lot of things, but usually smaller animals, uh, hares, wolves, is what kind of that's pretty much it, you know? What I mean, yeah. but you're not allowed to snare moose in the state, FYI. <laughs> yeah. So apparently he was snared for his moose, and the troopers caught wind of it. So they went out and they put a game camera up. He found the game camera, took the game camera down, <laughs> 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 continued to snare the moose. Apparently, he got like ten or fifteen of the two above. dozen moose. Two dozen. Okay, so it's forty-eight moose. This guy took because the idea was that he was going to snare them, then take them out, and then he was going to take the moose and use them as bait for wolves. Yeah. So he wasn't even eating the things. Yeah. That's straight up wanton waste. Yeah. yeah. Did you hear what his fine was going to be? Not enough. 10 G. Yeah. Again, not enough. Yeah. Well, how much would you estimate a moose is worth? Just so, pure just pure cost of meat. Cost of meat alone. So you got to figure there's probably what, say, 500 pounds of meat on a Okay. Average. Average. Okay. Average. So, and quality of meat is... Five bucks a pound minimum, probably ten. Yeah, 
Let's go ten Let's because go 10. It, because it is wild game. If you're thinking about if you're going to get uh, uh, beef at the same quality, wild, free range, all the the whole sh- shooting match. Yeah, you're going to be paying ten bucks a pound 10 on average. Pound. Yeah, and I don't think that's necessarily unreasonable. So ten times five is it's a five thousand dollar moose. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. now hold on, let's, let's take that back just a step. Okay, what is that moose really worth when you think about it in terms of a guided situation? Well, even if you take the guide out of it, let's so hunting license. Well, but moose permits. But here's a moose moose permits free for an in-state. Well, let's just let's go an out-of-state resident. You know, because that's what they're going to go to. They're going to go to the extreme case, right? Okay. So you have a guy that flies into Anchorage or yep. Fairbanks, right? In this case, let's just say he flies direct to Fairbanks. Sure. So there's the cost of the plane flight. That's a thousand dollars potentially. Then you have the cost of the moose tag, which is another what thousand dollars all said and done. Uh, like nine hundred. Yeah. But so time you go thousand thousand right. The guide is going to cost you how much? Uh, yeah. Uh, Two, three grand. Maybe five. Yeah, depending on your guide and where you're going, but yeah. Yeah, and then you got to throw in your cost of cut and wrap. Well, let's let's just go with let's say, I guess you could throw the guide in there. So, but when you start adding it up, this is a easily a ten thousand dollar moose. Yeah. And the value of the, no two dozen you said or two dozen yeah twenty four. Uh, there's a two in there somewhere. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of moose. Well, that dude got a little smack on the wrist. Well, and the worst part to me is, is okay, fine. We talk about the monetary value, but that's two dozen moose. Sure. And we go out and we think about bears, and that's like he took out as almost as much as a bear does in one year. Yeah. And he wasn't even feeding his family. Yeah. It's because he's going after wolf pelts. Yeah. Which. And I'm sure I, he was selling. Right. I'm not sure what the market is on a wolf pelt. I don't but. Know. I'd have to do a research on that one, but you eh. get my point. Yeah, it's like he's not eating the food. Exactly. You know? So, yeah, uh, I, the fact that he stole the cameras is what gets me. Like, there's a blatantly, I mean, like disrespect and straight up, like he knew the troopers were on him. He doesn't just take cameras. Yeah, I. That's just it. I'm really curious if there's going to be some jail time. The hands down to this dude. Yeah, it was something like some jail time, yeah. and, and I'm wondering if it's not $10,000 per offense, so it may be like... Well, it says a Class A misdemeanor can bring one year jail and $10,000 fine. Class A misdemeanor? Yeah. Okay, so the running, unfortunately, not, I want to say the running gag, for mm-hmm. lack of a better description, that's yeah. really not a gag at all, but one of the things we used to always comment about in the emergency room is how you got more time for killing a moose than raping a woman. Yeah, sadly. Which is very sad. But... I don't know. A year? Up to. Well, let's just say he gets a max because at 24, I think he gets the max. Mm -hmm. Not like just GI kind of, you know. And he's going to have his license removed for five years or 10. They they could. The state of Alaska can give you a no license. Like they can take your license for indefinitely. I think there's a limit on your first offense. Uh, Yeah, I guess it could be first offense. Right. But. Uh, but the other side of that is Alaska is in conglomerate. Con- that's a hard word to say. Conglomerate of states that and if you're not you, even drinking. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> if <laughs> if you lose your hunting privileges in one state, you lose them in like forty nine others, forty nine others, so forty eight others, or something like that. Yeah, will not be able to hunt for five years in or fish or fish any fishing game activity in forty nine states for at least five years. You better like that last state. Right. It's probably Delaware. (laughs) (laughs) Or like New York or something where you can't do anything anyway. Yeah, Connecticut. Yeah. 
So, yeah. To me, I just kind of go, why would you throw it away on something? So, I mean, I don't know. I just, I mean, I hear about guys poaching deer back home, but a deer is so small and there's so many of them. Like, I mean, if you took out a deer in the middle of, you know, the Midwest, most people would kind of roll their eyes and go, whatever, really. I mean, yes, it's against the law, but you get my point. Yeah. But a moose up here is a big deal. Like, that's like a big deal. Dude, so I'm reading this. He sealed the wolves. Yeah. As I'm he's gonna sell this. Him. He's going to sell them. Oh, he's going to sell them. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, troopers found the moose um, with a helicopter. They did their necropsy. They found it had been snared. And after finding records that this gentleman had taken a wolf, the troopers did a search warrant for the guy's house. So they found the... Found it, found it was snared, found it had been eaten on or chewed on or whatever. Right. Um, and then they already had an idea who this dude was. So this dude is... Well, it's, you know, the thing is up here, it's not like we're a bloody big state as far as people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I personally don't know of anybody that traps or hunts for wolf. I mean, don't get me wrong. If a wolf runs across me and I have a wolf tag in my pocket, I will blast it. But I don't go wolf hunting. That's a very narrow field. There's not a lot of guys out there wolf hunting. Yeah. Not on that level where you're sealing them. You know what I mean? And when you do seal it, you have to register your name. So yep. my suspicion is he was probably fairly successful. Mm. Uh, if you look at his Facebook, he's just, get on the dude's Facebook, just holding wolves up. Like he's... He's the real deal. He hunts wolf. So, I mean, clearly they're going, this guy's probably more successful than the average bear. That's going to generally tend to get the eye of the cops. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They're going to look at you and go, what is he doing so differently? Is he just that lucky and successful, or is yep. he doing something he shouldn't be doing? Uh, absolutely. Because I guarantee you, if you start just getting fish after fish after fish, they start watching you. Yeah, but the thing is, you don't have to record fish. Well, no, no. But okay, if you go dip netting and you record, like, 400 fish. Well, no, but my yeah. point is, is is like this, Brandon. So say, for example, you're on the bank, right? And the troopers are just kind of generally watching from the sidelines, oh, right? okay, yeah. You yeah, don't yeah. see them, and they're like, everybody else is catching onesie twosies, and you're just raking them in. Yeah. They're going to go, hey, that dude's really catching fish. What is he doing differently or wrong? And they'll come up, they'll chat with you. Absolutely. Now. This dude is not sitting with a whole bunch of people. Right. But when your Facebook profile picture is you holding a giant black wolf. wolf. Right, sure. But my point is, is that if you're sealing them, right? I know. I mean, I guarantee you the Your state. Your name goes with it. Right. So I guarantee you that the state goes, hey, this guy is way more successful than anybody else in the area. Yep. I mean, I don't know how many gray wolves. Which I'm sure there's uh, there's a huge population up there. I mean, there's a lot of wolves up there. Right. So, but I'm sure there are people out there that that's, yeah, they get a lot of wolves. That's their thing. They're trappers. They're hunters. They, they do that. So he's probably in a very small group of people that they knew. And everybody kind of talks. Yeah. I mean, it's not well, a. I, the, the fact that they. It, this article goes from they did the necropsy, found out it was snared, and ruined the next sentences after finding out that his name was on that list of seal wolves. They went to his house. Right. They're already on this dude. He's already on their radar for something. Right. Well, and here's the thing: if if he's been successful at 24, he's not a. It's normally when it comes to wolves. My understanding now, a little bit of ignorance, but my understanding is normally to be a very successful wolf wolf trapper or hunter. It's not something you just go out and do. Like it's a, it takes time to develop a skill. Uh, I'm it's, sure this is something that he's been out since he's a kid doing. Right, but my point is, is that if he's doing it professionally, which is what we're talking about, right? Sure. And all of a sudden, he blasts on the scene, doing really, really well. 
or all of a sudden he got really good this year and he wasn't very good last year. There was something that tripped yeah, him up. Yeah, I'd be willing to bet that he's probably over years doing this. Oh, it I'm probably sure wasn't twelve moose in, or twenty two dozen moose in a year. This is probably two dozen moose over a while. Mm, could have been. Or I mean, there's always that chance. But right. My guess is the reason he's been so successful for a while and has been doing this for a bit, and that's his game is. Well, and if they had a game camera moves. on there, there's. I mean, there, if he caught, if you catch one game camera, I'm here to tell you, I wouldn't put out one as a cop. I'd so put out multiple. I think they mentioned a few. Yeah. Right. Because they said in the article, uh, troopers received search warrant for his house. They found the missing game cameras and a gray wolf. Yeah. And other items indicating that he had run the trap line. Well, so. and that's the other thing is trap lines are registered too. So if you have yeah. a, so if it was on a trap line, you know they'd already have some a short list of folks. Well, you don't have to register your trap line to necessarily seal it. No, I'm, I thought I thought yeah. I thought you just, have to uh, register your. Uh, I thought you had to register your trap line. I don't remember. I've never actually done a lot of trapping, so it's neither hard. have I. Yeah. But obviously, but so. you know, but you get my point. But here's the thing: if you're going dumping down the same trail all the time, right? Guys get to know. Like for example, you just know, oh, that's old man, whatever. Or that's old boy, whatever. You know his trap line, and you don't mess with another dude's trap line. Mm. And he's going to be in the area a yeah. lot. You know, so like, yeah. so like for example, if, if I know moose are getting snared in the, just take Eagle River, right, up and down the actual Eagle River, yeah. right. Well, there's the same truck always parked there. You know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. sure they before they put up the game cameras, they sure. just kind of ran an unmarked car out there, kind of take a yeah. note of all the license plates, Yeah. come back again. Yep. Uh, hey, these people all live around this place. This guy's not from here. Or, well, I mean. You know, there could be a lot of different ways to do it is my point. Yeah. Cops a lot of these not, guys who run these trap lines. Or do other I mean, cabin. Which is 40 miles away from the parking lot. True. And then you go from their cabin or their wherever another 10 miles to the right. trap line. So, I mean, they're getting out of ways from anything. So, right. There but, is that. But again, that's what the troopers, I mean, when you ask, talk to wildlife fishing game, the, the, the brown shirts, they'll, they'll tell you our job is to be where people don't think we are. And they are. And they are. So, well, and the other thing is too, is that if you, if you're up there flying, which they do fly quite a bit, that's right? That's how they found the, what was it? Was a Moose, right. The bird, right. So you go, huh, that's kind of funny. Huh, that's kind of funny. Things mm-hmm. don't add up. Well, you also know that if you're out in the middle of nowhere and there's two cabins. Oh yeah, you're gonna go you, check those cabins. Right, but you, you get my talk point. To those people. Right, but you get my point. Like, there's not. It, it, it narrows down your search window quite a bit. Eh. You, you, for the most part. Yeah, I mean, you're not not gonna go talk to those people, but. Right, but you get my point. Yeah. Chances of it being I one would, of a few people. I would people. argue that this dude did not have a cabin. Probably not. I would argue that this is just he just took off on a snow machine and went way back out in the middle of nowhere, set up a snare. Right, probably. But either, but it just goes to show you what the t- troopers are always watching. Oh, yeah, they're very. I mean, I've talked to guys who have, you know, downed a, mo- a caribou in the Unit 13 area, and they're sitting there doing their thing, and all of a sudden, here comes a helicopter landing just well, over there's there. That, there's that guy in uh, Unit 13 with his moose. Had that swamp buggy thing. It's a big uh, F three fifth. No, it's a Chevrolet, uh, one ton on Rockwells. Whatever. It's yeah. a swamp buggy, you yeah. know. And he was, you know, way back in there. And he says, yeah, I shot my moose and backed up the truck. And all of a sudden, come over the ridge. He says, hardly heard it, you know, because you know how it is. You know, you're half deaf with, you know, from the rifle shot and everything else. And you're not really paying attention. All of a sudden, and drops the bird. And you're like going, how in the holy hell did they? Mm-hmm. They were probably watching you from way up there. and They fly over all the time. Right. When you're hunting that area, you see the, you, you yeah, know yeah, when they are. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's the, 
There's the troopers. Yeah. Wave and say hi. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They also do the sonic yeah. booms out there. Yeah. There's an article saying that this kid could face up to four cases, Class A misdemeanor charges. That's what they could prove. Yeah. So I would I would be willing to bet this case is going to go on for a while, and they're going to continue to work it and continue to pull stuff out. And yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and if he's smart, he pushes for the let's go to court now so we can settle this. Yep. Because it kind of seals the deal for yeah. them. So. so. Oh, I mean, dude. Yeah, I mean, the, the the kid obviously made some mistakes, starting with staring of moose. So the picture we have here. Okay, so you've pulled up Facebook. I've, I've Facebook stalked this kid. <laughs> he has a picture. I'm not sure I like this. I kind of find this poor taste. Very poor taste. It's a. He's, I, he's got his profile picture where he is taking a selfie, and behind him there is a snared wolf just stared at him alive. Not he hasn't dispatched it. He has taken the picture with a live wolf. In a snare. In a snare. Poor taste. I, I don't like it. Very poor taste. Yeah. Again, uh, you know, honoring the animal that is going to feed you, clothe you, provide money for you to maybe get booze for Friday night. I don't care. Whatever the case is. In this sure. case, he's getting his money. But you still have to be, what's the word I want to say? You, I mean, you have to be pay a little respect, a little reverence for I the animal. It really goes to kind of point towards the mindset of the, the, the person when you're that kind of respect for animals it doesn't yeah the, the step towards taking another animal for it is, is very minimal right I exactly just, it's, this uh, is not a guy trying to feed his family or that's not the feeling i'm getting like no. yeah, again like like i know my neighbors back home mm-hmm. when i was in yamhill like i know they were poaching deer yeah but i know they ate these deer yeah. you know what i'm saying so it's like yeah. you kind of turn the blind eye like sure i mean i'm sure i could probably say i mean i never watched them do it i never have like direct proof but like they showed up and a little while later the deer disappeared. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, you heard the odd pop every now and again. Yeah. Like, yeah. But they fed the family. The kids were, you know what I mean? So it's not like the deer's going to waste. Exactly. It's not like they were just out there for blatant disregard for everything. The respect issue, yeah. you know? Yeah. Again, the so. respect. So clearly this kid does not show much respect for wildlife in general. Mm. I'm all for stripping some rights. Yeah. For a while. And with four cases and possibly building, there's a strong chance that this kid is going to be no longer able to hunt in the state of Alaska. Yeah. Which, again, because we're a part of the compact states. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. I, I Especially with the fact that he stole the trooper game cams and he took this stuff down. It's not like he was, I mean, he's blatantly out there he doing this. He knew what was going on. Yeah. He knew they were on to him. Yeah. It's not like, oh, wait, you can't do this? This is a... And I wonder what else is going on in his, his history that if they kind of yeah. already were on this kid already, it's not like they're like, well, we found all these wolf, you know, they were staring wolves and we had to go through and sift through tons of different. Right. It's like, I wonder if they already had some. Uh, Dirt. Yeah. This kid was on the radar. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because cops kind of know who's on the radar and who isn't, you know, because mm-hmm. you bump into that kind of that same routine of the same folks, the same 10%, you yeah. know. One of my favorites is, is uh, people will take off out of Wasilla. So remember, there's only just a couple highways. Well, there's two. There's a lot of highways in Alaska, but one highway leads to the next. It's not right. like you can. It's a big old circle. It's a big old circle. So people take off out of Wasilla, running from the cops, and start driving north. And there's one of three ways to drive north. Yeah. You could try the up towards the, the Hatcher's Pass if you're on that side of town. But that cuts back to the to the Parks Highway. Yeah, that's just a loop. Right, but but my point is, I mean, if you're on that side of town, I've I've heard of people going out that direction, but you know where it's going to come out at, right? Yeah. 
right. It's a giant loop. A loop. Right, yeah, exactly. There's it, no like going off of that road into right. multiple areas. So you're either going to go up Parks Highway or the Glen Highway. Right. And That's they just it. send the trooper from the other side to come meet you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not, not, a lot, not a lot you could do. I mean, it's, yeah. it's always, it's like hearing, I've heard a couple of times, high speed chases in Juno. It's, a, you don't get away from Juno. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it is kind of boat or airplane access only. Yeah, there's a road, but it goes to nowhere. Like, just... <sighs> yeah. So, uh. yeah. <laughs> people. Yeah. Ah, people. Some people's children. Right. But yeah, yeah. It just kind of speaks again, just to the general, you know, melee that we live in. In some respects, mm. you know, even up here in Alaska, there's idiots and oh yeah, feel like they're born every day. Yeah. Well, definitely. But what well, a day. Yeah learned a lot we learned a ton yeah i i i think you know what i was really thinking after all this on the drive home okay so we took and separate cars because you had your back you were having some back issues yeah your uh your suburban back seats don't conclude well to being able to stretch my back a little bit well you know it is a back seat of a full-size pickup it's not the world's most comfortable but mine is and my full-size pickup <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, mine was a former cop car, so I'm sure it was used a lot. That, that back seat. No, it's not. It has nothing to do with the seat. It has to do with the room. Well, I have. Yeah, tons of room in the back of mine. Yeah, you have more room than I do. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so that's why we. I'm, I'm not going to cram in the back of that. It was not going to be a good thing. So we took two vehicles. Anyway, driving home, and uh, what was our plan for today? What were we initially planning on doing? We were planning on fishing for pike. Yeah. How are we going to go about doing that? Oh, we were going to spearfish for him. We were going to cut a big, big hole, hole, hole in the, hole. In the, like in the water. Four by four. Four by four hole in the water and stand over it. That was our plan. Yeah. That was like our initial thought when we were thinking, we're going to go fishing on Saturday. Let's yeah. go spearfishing for pike. Yeah. We had a couple little things that caused us not to be able to do that. You know, mostly we... Don't have spears. Well, the, the buddy I was going to borrow the spear from, he couldn't find it. He's <laughs> like, I think I lent it to somebody and I don't know where it went because <laughs> the one I have here is a crappy old one. Well, crap. So and I'm building one, and you're just, building one and just because I can. Again, well, me build something, anyways. Right. Well, I'm all on board with that. I want to use his to see the little quirks that we need to work out as we build ours. <sighs> you're making too much sense again, Brandon. <laughs> I can't have this. Yeah, um, <laughs> mine's being made out of an old 1970 Ford Mustang lease, which rate. I'm okay with. But I'm sure there's going to be some things on that as we get out there. We're like, oh crap, didn't think of that, and then we're going to have a crappy day fishing versus if we look at a professionally made one. And yep. go, oh, I see yeah. what they did there. Yeah. Anyway, so we were going to do this. We would have been sitting on a four-foot hole when that tent <laughs> knocked both of us over. <laughs> uh, uh, that would have gone from like, okay, this was not a good day to this was a horrible bad emergency day, day of yeah. now we need to get warm fast. Yeah, right. Because coming out of that water with that wind whipping yeah, and – yeah, that would have been really ugly really fast. So let's face it, our trucks were there, but they weren't exactly warmed up. and um, It would have still been cold. It's still been cold, yeah. That would have been get off well, the lake ASAP and get to warm water. Well, what I would have actually what I would have actually done, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. in that situation, I probably would have gotten a lot more friendly as far as you're concerned than you would have liked to have seen. Because <laughs> you got to strip that wet, cold stuff oh, yeah. off. No, and I, I have some towels in there. Yeah. 
And so we would have been toweling off and yep. covering our stuff while we're sitting there waiting for the truck to warm up as yeah. we're sitting on those electric <laughs> seat warmers. But, but, now, but again, as we were. Then how do you clean everything up when you're all done? <laughs> right. You're sitting there half naked, naked with your stuff blowing across the lake. Uh, well, but we'd be, we'd be alive. <laughs> but the other thing, as we were talking about preparedness earlier and how you're. Right. Like, if we're going to go out to do a pike spear thing, I would not have thought about bringing a change of clothes. No, <laughs> I never thought about it either. But yeah, from now on, I think I will just carry like a little yeah. bag of a go bag of yep, just stuff, extra, extra clothes in case you take a spill into the lake. What we should do, what we really should do, yeah. the more I think about that, is just grab some old clothes from for the you know for like in my case from each one of my kids, for me and for my wife, and just have them in the truck. Just have them in the truck. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just have a little something there, and yeah. maybe they have two big two big old sweatshirts. You can wear my old sweatshirt. You know what I mean? Like my Whatever. wife could wear, you know, yeah. just to get you warm kind of thing. Yep. May not be a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So prepared. Yeah. Be always be prepared. It's amazing how we weren't very far from anything. Oh, we're right in town. To get to the, the hospital, it would have taken us. 15 minutes max. If that. Max. Uh, 10. 10. Because I mean, if, we're in, if you're, okay, I need to get to the hospital, I would have been there in 10. Yeah. If that. The nearest country store was five it minutes takes, away. It took us because our, our our where I worked as a uh, on the ambulance. Mm-hmm. Our base was uh, another couple minutes up the road. It took us eight minutes to get to the hospital when we right. were cruising. Right. So. And obviously, if we just if we really need to, it's eight there's minutes. There's three bears right there where we could have bought anything we needed to stay warm. <laughs> like I mean, we were not far away from anything, but yet that could have turned into a horrible emergency. Yes, it could have. It is Easily. amazing how. You don't have to get very far away from anything. In fact, you can be in the middle of the middle of town and still have an emergency that could probably could have potentially killed us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This state, man, you gotta love it. But I think next time around, I think we need to. I think if we have any kind of wind, take the time, ice anchor it down much better than we did. Yeah, especially have, the power so because we have those extra extra anchors um but we, we need to rope it yeah but, I mean, but, but we didn't do yeah we didn't we didn't rope it but i know nobody else was roping out there yeah but again we have an older tent as i'm the, holding the up the little one, piece the one tent that was the same vintage vintage as ours was roped on four sides yeah true i noticed as we were coming out yeah the other thing that i would have to say is that we should take time to rope it but if we you know we were already getting cold because we Set everything up. It was blowing, and then we had to put these ice anchors in. You know, you and I were getting cold, standing, you know, getting hands and knees down, yeah. getting down in there. If we had just gone zip in, taking less than a minute a pop, and with a drill, with a drill, yeah. right, and just zipped it in, right. Yep. If we had zipped in some more tie lines, you know what I mean, around the tent, it yep. wouldn't have taken that much more. Nope. Not even a little bit. Having the the prepared right stuff. In the wind and the cold. Right. And I think the other thing that I think the other big lesson is, is that when it comes to those tie lines, rather than having something that I tie per se, clip. I want to have it clip on one side, clip on the other and some kind of a quick yeah. speed, suck it up kind yep. of an approach. Yeah. And I know they have them for like backpacks and oh, things yeah, like that. They do. And it could even be like a, the webbing, the belt buckle webbing. So it's only like mm-hmm. a buck a piece yeah. and just use some webbing and just. Well, and uh, I mean, you were trying to get the propane heater going and that was, you know, trying to tie that in one of the things that hit me was we need to be doing those things before we hit the ice what do you mean have all the hoses run have everything oh right right yeah because we just had the hoses sit in the back and yeah yeah. 
Like, yeah, true. Have all the hoses ready to go. Have your lines ready to go. Have everything ready. So, so only you... thing, only thing that that would have saved us is the actual hookup to the propane tank, mm-hmm. because the way those hoses are, yet it's easy to like stuff them in, like with those little side with the little green green yeah. bottles go. You could just totally stuff it in there. That's what I'm actually doing. Yeah. When I when I, it's like I haven't taken the hoses off. I'm just gonna stuff it in there, clip it in, so you just pull the hose out and plug but it in. But what I'm getting right. at is have all that ready and rigged and ready instead of we'll figure it out on the ice. True. Um, have your lines rigged, ready to go, so you're not sitting out there in the cold. Going, oh crap! I got this giant tangled bird's nest that I got to deal with, and or it's, you know, frozen because and the plastic doesn't want to move. Yep. And the, uh, like I was saying out on the ice, working in the Alaska cold winter is like doing a bathroom remodel. It's going to take twice as long as you think. Yeah, and truth. Yeah, but I think I think what we should do is we should get some web, the yeah. one inch wide web. Get those buckles because then you could put a loop on either side, and then when you you know so it's sitting there ready to go. And then when you so you put your ice anchor down, and then you just take that thing, you just pull, and it sucks it up. You know, I think we can find something better than that. Well, but the this webbing. webbing, the webbing won't break. Yeah, but the buckles will slide in the cold. Uh, you think? Yeah, I think you're gonna have issues with those buckles. Those buckles are plastic. Those buckles will break. Uh, At least if I can't find are, some metal ones, I think we can do something better. Okay. Kind of like the the bungee setup. For the the, t- okay. the bungees around the tent, where you pull onto it and pull back across, or you kind of lock it in place. Let me see what we can dig up. But I mean, I'm, my point is, we should have something. Oh, I, I agree. And then, and then, just so we literally clip on both sides and then zip, yep. clip both sides, zip, and just have yeah. because you want things that go quick, easy, and so. And the other thing is that before we go out, oh, jeez, I know you trying to trash my chairs stuff. over here. Jeez. Yeah, jeez, one of those days today. <laughs> but the other thing I think that we always forget about is we say. Oh, we can tie that knot. Super easy. I know I can tie knots like a fool. But in the cold? With your gloves on. Yeah. Either you're going to do it with gloves on. That's one thing we practice as firefighters is blindfold you, put your gloves on, tie a knot. Right. But my point is is that how many of us do that that weren't firemen? I don't. Yeah. But my point is I want something that's going to be super simple that I could set up in the cold with my gloves on. And I think that's something we need to practice in terms Mm -hmm. of like when we think about designing those those tethers, like, sure, you know, lots to kind of mull over, and I'll start making some tools. Yeah, that'll be huge. Making Just because they can. Zip yeah, unfortunately, those I, unfortunately, well, fortunately, unfortunately, um, I'm gonna end up with some time off here. Yeah. Um, just for some personal reasons and whatnot, and I'll have a lot of time on my hands, so yeah. I will have to work on thing, little things like that. And there we go. Why not? Got to see if we can get this tent repaired because next month we may need to do some. Yeah, we've got some guys coming back from JRTC, which is yeah. a big joint regional training center. I don't know. It's something like that. Yeah, I forget. I was in they the military. They went down to Louisiana and had to where JRTC sit out is the, always is at. Yeah. I mean, most everybody that's been deployed or looked at getting deployed has been to JRTC. Yeah. And most everybody has a thing of you go through it once and you go, that was cool. Like, there was a lot of good yep. learning opportunities. You go through it the second time, you go, oh, sweet Jesus. Yeah. Got no more so army training. We got boys that are coming back from JRTC that are getting uh, deployed here in May and are pretty antsy to get out. And no, they want to do something in Alaska because they live in exactly. Alaska. Yep. So we got to figure out how to get this tent thing squared away. I have, so I have some out. ideas. Um, I don't know how well they'll work, but I have some ideas. Um, they have some handheld sewing machines that you can buy. Yeah, my concern is that that bottom of that tent so freed out yeah well i was thinking if i if you came in here and you again took some of that webbing like ran some webbing up the side or something, something. yeah i don't know this yeah yep anyway well 
anyways, yeah, lots, lots to think about, lots to do. I think the big thing is, is, um, kind of goes back to preparation gear and we could talk. I, I think we should talk about what we're preparing because this is a great opportunity to talk about preparation next time around. Maybe, maybe yeah, we need yeah. to talk about what we do to prepare for our upcoming seasons. We should mm-hmm. do that as an episode. What are you doing? I don't know what I'm doing yet, <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Until next right. time, we'll uh, we'll go home and fix our gear and lick our wounds. For sure. And as right. always, uh, hit us up on the social media. Go check out the, the Ripped tab or any other of the crap we put up there at uh, Sourdough Outdoorsman Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. It is up there right now. All that it? kind of stuff, yep. So. Yeah. All right, Till next time. Till next time. <laughs>